Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. Tonight on the bonus round, we're covering E3 2021. So don't go anywhere. The show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Zachary Yeo. I'm Megan Gomez. And I'm Dan Rockwood. And we are podcasting from uh, a few different places, actually. It doesn't matter. Yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Uh, Awesome to have you again here on the show, Dan. It is awesome to be here. I've been really looking forward to this episode specifically. E3 is my favorite week of the year. I love Nintendo. I love everything that that goes on around it. Um, and I just I couldn't wait to come on and, and break this down and talk with you guys about it. Oh, we, Thank we you all so know much that. for being here. We like love you so much. We're always like, when's Dan coming on next? <laughs> Absolutely. 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 I, you know, and this is the beauty of the internet because I've never met any of you and you're already like some of my best like online friends and it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's the best thing. I'm d- oh, yeah. my dead cold heart. <laughs> okay. So I think everybody in here can pretty much agree with me that E3 is basically Christmas for gamers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I take off oh, of work yeah. every year. But it, but I it's didn't like, this year, but, but it's like you know. pre Christmas. It's like, I, I, I wouldn't know. Some people exchange gifts at Thanksgiving. I've seen it happen. So it's like Thanksgiving. No, good. yeah, definitely. E three is yeah. like, what am I buying my kids for Christmas this year? Like, that is all parents' ideas. Absolutely, Absolutely. I know that's going to be mine for sure. And this year, we got some spicy stuff. <laughs> I'm excited. Just just the one first showcase alone, I was blown away, and I'm so excited that E three made a really big comeback and came back with a fucking punch. Yes. Um, you know, we didn't get it last year, so all of these devs have been sitting at home just hanging out, chilling. Um, you know, so I think it's going to, you know, be a really good year, you know, next year too, for, um, all the stuff that they've been able to, you know, catch up on this year, going back into office. So I'm, I'm so stoked to talk about it. And what do we know? We're going to be talking, geeking out about Nintendo again together, the four of us. So (laughs) be a trend. I don't know here. Because Nintendo's the best. Well, we don't have to pretendo when we talk about Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Nintendo. Like what even is all right. Yeah, Nintendo honestly stole the show, but before we get into that, because I know we're all super excited to talk about it, and we may spend half the podcast just talking about the Nintendo Direct alone, um, we wanted to get into some of the other, uh, cover some of the other announcements. I mean, starting with day one, what, what stood out to you guys? Oh, God, everything. I was writing mm. notes like freaking crazy. Um, so, I mean, for one, let's just talk about the fact that freaking Ubisoft came to fucking play. Um, 
Yeah, Can we just talk about Far Cry for a second? Did they come to um, you play? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you. Freaking Ubisoft, man. They really, you know, in the past couple years, you know, except last year, you know, because we didn't have E3. Um, in the past couple years, you know, they, they've been kind of just hanging out in the background. You know, they've been holding on to this freaking Rainbow Six Siege for a while, um, especially Far Cry 5 as well. I, for one, am very, very excited for Far Cry 6. I've played all the Far Cry games. I love them. There is something just about Far Cry where you can't forget these villains. And I'm so freaking stoked that you get to go into the mind of previous villains and go into basically their manic. I am so stoked for this mode because, like, you don't get to see it from the villain's perspective. And now you do. And you get to see why they are as crazy as they are. And I'm so freaking stoked for that. And also, you know, I, I'm not really big on Siege and Rainbow Six too much, but I actually am. I'm going to pick up a, a copy of um, Extraction because this looks phenomenal. Um, the gameplay is looking really good from what I've seen from cuts in, in the showcase. Um, and the, and Ubisoft is really hyping it up. So I'm really hoping, you know, that a lot of gamers get to shift over to this because um, I know that, you know, Six, uh, it, you know, Rainbow Six is a little bit less toxic than COD. Um, so, you know... Uh. Oh no, we lost Megan. We lost Megan. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Okay. Oh, she's so excited too. I know. Oh well, well, hopefully uh she'll jump on in a second. Yeah. Um so um I was just saying um you know how it, a, a lot of COD players, you know, they're they're really really toxic. This the Rainbow Six um players really really aren't they're, you know, it's 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 a good environment to move to. Um, and then also, um, Rocksmith looks kind of good. I might learn how to play guitar. I don't know. They, they kind of captivated me <laughs> with it. And also, can we talk about Avatar? Yes. Yeah, yes. we can. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm so excited. So that was just my notes personally for Ubisoft. They really kicked it out of the park for me. Yeah, and also Mario plus Rabbids sequel. Um, I have the first game. It, it's actually a really interesting idea. The gameplay is a lot of fun, so I'm happy to see that they're continuing that sequel. Um, with uh, Giancarlo Despacito appearing in Far Cry 6, uh, yeah. I thought that was a captivating performance just from that trailer. I mean, he's a fantastic mm -hmm. actor. Love his work. Love his performance in The Mandalorian. Um, huh? <laughs> he's in The Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, he's also like he's also like the best bad guy on the planet in Breaking Bad. Let's not forget. Yeah, like, I mean, the I'm, greatest shows of all time to ever. He's come done across. some really good work, so I'm very very excited to see his mocap and see him as a, as a antagonist because he's already done some strong work and he's shown that he can be the guy that you can hate to love. Um, so I can't. I just Far Cry gets better and better with every game. Also, can we talk about freaking Chorizo, the little dog? <laughs> <laughs> He's a little dog, you know what? Yeah, we uh e yeah, even with day 1 there was a lot of I was unfortunately working during actually all 3 days of E3, but I was I was trying to keep up, you know, between calls with what announcements were being made and I yeah. remember you hitting the group chat with a bunch of uh exciting news and um yeah, I I, I thought e uh, Ubisoft actually did a good job and I mean, considering they're Ubisoft. Yeah, no, they really looked like they're trying hard and they've been working on some good stuff in the last year. So good job, Ubisoft. Y'all are doing really, really good. What about you, Dan? Anything stick out to you from uh, from day one? Yeah, I mean, with that conference specifically, the um, I the uh, Avatar game definitely stuck out. And I think it's really great timing, too, where we are on the cusp of getting like 
an Avatar movie every other year for the next decade. So to open up with uh, with this, what looks to be this really gorgeous, amazing game is going to be a really cool tie in. And I'm hoping that this will be an ongoing thing where they update. So um, depending on what's going on in the future films, it would be nice to be able to update with different areas, uh, different Ooh. DLC, preferably yeah. free. But if paid, I understand. Um, you, you know, know and I also business. noticed the plants in that. Do, does anybody else notice that it looks a lot like Horizon Zero Dawn? If they're using Gorilla as an underdeveloper, mm. uh, yes, please. Yes, please. Oh, let's do it. Absolutely. Sold. It's uh, It has a lot of potential to be just a really kick-ass game. So that was a, a huge highlight. And I want to say with, with Ubisoft specifically, it's just a funny juxtaposition where they it felt like they had so much. And then you compare them to like the Capcom presentation, which had like nothing in, in my yeah. opinion. Or, or very <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's just funny seeing how this E3 really gave you just like the varied ends of the spectrum with what a company can show. Really did. And it showed who has been busting their ass in the last year and who really took the time to just, no, we're going to work on this game. No, we're going to, you know, there's no really big announcements right now. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, in Capcom's defense, they did launch Resident Evil Village last month, so I'll give yeah. them a pass. But yeah, and that's, that's I mean, honestly, that's one of the downsides of E3 is companies might feel pressured to show up even if they don't have something to announce. Looking uh, at you, Bethesda but, with that freaking picture in 2019 or 2020. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, just a picture. That's know. all we got for you. You did they announce bitches. some Village DLC? <laughs> Dude, Village is phenomenal. I'm, it's I'm, a good game. I don't even oh, blame yeah. Um You know what? Let them do their thing, bro. Resident <laughs> Evil Village is astonishing. Just as no, they did really good on that. They did. Lady Dimitrescu is going to be my wife. <laughs> oh, congratulations! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Popped Amazing. the question last night, and then she clawed, she clawed me. It was, big, it was a good time. Big titty goth vampire lady, mommy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a Apparently, from I believe it, it's been announced recently. So, Resident Evil Village was in development around the time that Resident Evil Seven launched in 2017. So, I imagine Resident Evil Nine is already underway and in development, and and we'll see that uh, hopefully within the next few years. And it's like uh, <laughs> it's you know, it very well might be. Uh, we'll. But we're going to see, I mean, with the game tying up, and, and we go, won't go into Resident Evil Village spoilers, but uh, it's, uh, you know, the universe is set for future games, and so I think yeah. it makes sense for Capcom to be focusing on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, a lot of developers, I mean, there may not be anything to show yet. I liked that tongue-in-cheek Outer Worlds 2 trailer where they actually mentioned that. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we, we don't actually have any gameplay that's worth showing, but... <laughs> we promise we're working on it. <laughs> It reminded hey, me of were like a car car commercial from the early 2000s where it was just commenting on the cliches of car commercials like over oh, the yeah. top <laughs> like uh orchestrated music and like a an overly confident narrator and then it was like and then a random uh shot of like someone like on a big background like at the Grand Canyon for no apparent reason um and I can't remember what vehicle that commercial was for but I remember it and uh yeah the the outer worlds had that uh level of like just like the meta trailer of uh yeah. of you know this is all we have to show you right now yeah it was meta and it was funny um I that avatar game looks dope by the way I love that mm -hmm. you brought that up because uh I have, I mean, we've been waiting for a movie sequel for several years now. It's about yeah. time that this finally comes out. 
Um, and I but also James Cameron is very careful and he takes his time and it shows yeah. in his work. You know, like there's some movies that take four or five years for development and they're still box office hits. So the fact that he's branching out into the the video game world is very, very interesting to me. And I'm very, very intrigued because, you know, movies, you have, you know, your green screens, you have your live actors, you do have some motion capture, but it's completely different bringing it into the element of a game. So I'm really, really wondering where he's going to go with this because I know he's in on it. You know, he owns the entire avatar franchise um so and i just want to see you know what we're going to do if we're going to have main characters in here you know are we going to say jake sully um or are we going to you know like what's going to go forward with this the movie tie-in that came around the time of avatar i remember actually playing it on the wii and on the ds um actually focused on a story that was not uh having to do with the main characters from Mm -hmm. avatar at all it was just focusing on like i think it was like a prequel um I remember my brother and sister were playing those games, and they, they were pretty all right. But this looks like an actual like quality game. This isn't just like a milk in the budget to tie in with a movie. This is like its own project um, set within that universe. And so that's actually very exciting. Um, also, we finally got uh, a trailer for Elden Ring. That was cool. Mm. I've never been a huge Elder Scrolls fan. It, but it's, it's not about Elder Scrolls. It's Elden Ring. Ah, my bad. I misheard that. Everybody, please don't <laughs> crucify me. <laughs> I heard Elden and then, yeah, that's it. We got a oh. release date. We got some gameplay footage. Elden Ring is a project that has been in development for a long time. It's one of the most anticipated games. Um, and we've not really seen anything about this game for a long time. So uh, for those of you who don't know, it is a collaboration between uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki and George R.R. R. Martin. Yes. Mm. Dude, Bandai, okay, I'm not going to lie. I love Bandai Namco. I love most of the titles that they produce. They're always really well thought out and well put together. And I don't, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience with one of their with one, I, I don't know how, if I'd be too typically interested into this, but it's Bandai Namco, so I, I might as well give it a shot. All so, right, guys. From so, soft. unfortunately, I'm sorry, y'all. I was only able to come on for part of the podcast. My dog does have a pretty bad viral infection, and she is having it come out of both ends. So I do have to leave the podcast a little bit early. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I do Why have to me? go. Um, okay. But I will um, see you guys in the next episode. Yes, you will. Take care of her. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, um, any other any other non-Nintendo highlights for you guys that, that just really piqued your interest from day one or day two or day three? Honestly, no. The only thing I was looking for at E3 this year was uh, Nintendo stuff because usually <laughs> I play Call of Duty. Or <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Never mind, never mind. Battlefield 2042. Yeah, you mentioned that before. That we game, it's going to be fire. I love Battlefield. I've always loved Battlefield. And this game looks like it's just beyond the cusp of Battlefield. You know? I mean, okay. So it's going to come out this year, October 22nd. And, I mean, it's based in 2042. It's a futuristic Battlefield. I don't think we've had that yet. Most bat- The Battlefields have been modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battlefield 4, I feel yeah. like, was modern age. Battlefield 2, I feel like, was around... Like 2001, that area. I feel like Battlefield, or yeah, Battlefield 2, Bad Company, sorry, was around like 2001. <laughs> and then Battlefield 1 was a World War One game. And so this one is the first actual Battlefield title that's kind of pre- 
propelling into the future. And I'm excited to see what they do with that. As long as they don't go Black Ops 3 route with the jetpacks, I'll be all right. So <laughs> that's that's about all I have on that. But I, I will be looking forward to sniping on that game because that's when I play first-person shooters, that is all I do is snipe. And battlefield sniping is unlike anything else. It's so much fun. And there's a cat on your lap, Dan. That's awesome. There is that is Finn named of course for Finn in the uh, Star Wars sequel films like Very hanging good. out with me while I podcast <laughs> you know it's funny you said Finn and I thought adventure time for some reason but I thought Phineas and Ferb so that uh, you know all of those are great <laughs> like you can't go wrong with that name at this point exactly you know it's funny <laughs> when Ash texted me at like two o'clock I was like hey I know what I'm gonna do today yeah, Sorry. that uh, Battlefield 2042 <laughs> trailer looked look sick. Um, also, yeah. uh, Halo Infinite free multiplayer. That's a cool precedent mm. that I, li- I love to see set. Um, and, and with some of the disappointment around Halo Infinite, uh, I, I think around this time last year, right? Yeah. That was that was actually a good move on their part. So I'd like to see other companies do that. I mean, we're, we're seeing more and more Battle Royale-type games, for instance, uh, be free-to-play and not require any kind of uh, membership to either PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live. So That's what mm-hmm. we need. Yeah, that's like uh, when uh, Fall Guys was part of PlayStation Plus. That was like the best decision that game could have made, and it flocked so many players to it day one when it released. Yeah. Uh, Fall Guys 2 was 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 shown at E3, wasn't it? I actually think I might have missed that. Did we get information on that? I, I did th- not see I, it. I think we did. I heard about it anyway. Let me look it up real quick. Are you just <laughs> making this up? Do you I just might... want this to happen? No, yes. no. Somebody was talking. <laughs> so Somebody mentioned it at E3. I think I was watching a donkey video on E3. I love video game donkey. He's He's, he's the best, dude. His Battlefield 1 yeah. experience is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, bat- Fall Guys <laughs> Ultimate Knockout. Okay, that's that's what it, that's what was announced. There okay, that makes sense. Um, I like that you had mentioned Halo Infinite because for me, the, the non-Nintendo highlight was the Xbox and Bethesda show. And um, to, to give credit to them, like I don't own an Xbox. I don't currently subscribe to Game Pass. But that conference... Uh, encouraged me that someday um when they're finally available i do want to pick up a series x and i do want to subscribe to game pass and it's it's really great that so many of the games that they show off were going to be available day one and it's like i I want playstation to come up with something that's competitive like that and nintendo for that matter can you imagine if they uh increased the price or, or changed um nintendo switch online but it would be you know like zelda and splatoon and pikmin and uh, metroid and all these other games that are coming out like they would just be available day one that would be insane and they're never gonna do it but <laughs> it's a business model that i'm i'm really growing to enjoy uh because like i just i want to just play a bunch of games i don't want to have to buy tons of games just to see if i'll like them or not and that's where the the beauty of game pass really lies yeah, I have a PlayStation Now subscription, but Game Pass is dope. Game Pass is, is honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, blows PlayStation Now out of the water, to be completely honest with you, because they've got better games, and it's at a better price, and I don't even have an Xbox, and now uh, I'm considering getting a Series S. I was going to get the PS5 first, but I'm honestly considering getting the Series S, um, mm-hmm. because they can actually get, be found right now, and I can convert all my 360 games to digital, and that might be worth it, and, and with Game Pass... Um, yeah, with Xbox and Bethesda, I know they also showed off Forza Horizon 5. That looks 
beautiful. Not a card game guy, but it, that looks actually really phenomenal. Yeah, Forza has always looked really high quality in their games. Even the earlier games for the Xbox 360, they were just phenomenal. Psychonauts 2, that's that's something. I, I remember playing the original Psychonauts back in the day. That is a fun game. And um, what else? Uh, Fallout 76 is getting an expansion. Uh, what's that new game that's coming out um, that's like basically Skyrim in space? Uh, oh, what is that called? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> right? It was like Star something. Oh, you're thinking of a Starfield? Starfield. That was it. Yeah. That's it. That that was a hugely anticipated game of this year, and it was a big, uh, big reveal. And, of course, with Microsoft uh, just buying up companies left and right, Starfield was a game that was going to be available across many consoles, but is launching as an Xbox exclusive. So I know a lot of PlayStation players uh, were looking forward to that game and are now very upset because they can't play it, uh, which lends us to the problem of console exclusivity, which is a, something that I've had an issue with for a long time because I don't feel it benefits players. It only benefits companies. And... Uh, that's why, you know, the more accessible a game is, the more people can play it, the better off it's going to be. Absolutely. <laughs> this is true, I but... I, I wish video... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I wish video game companies would be more considerate. I mean, they wouldn't mm -hmm. have anything if it weren't for consumers, the people that like to play video games. So why are they basing their business decisions and tactics off of what would benefit them? I get that it's about the money, but eventually you're going to keep doing the same thing and you'll run out. Because you're going to lose the interest yeah. of the people that you're making games for. It just doesn't make sense. Well, well and that's uh, Microsoft's um, strategy for a while now has been they don't really care if you buy an Xbox. They do want you to subscribe to Game Pass. And so that's like where their focus has been. Yeah. Yep. That's not a bad focus, though, honestly. I mean, it's working for them. It appeals to both their PC and their console market. Um, when it comes to console exclusivity, I mean, it sucks. But at the same time... It's really the only reason why you would buy one console or another. So without console exclusives, there really is no competition. You know, because if, if we cared about the best console and, and the best specs, I mean, we'd all be playing on PC. Let's be real, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I hear that argument. And to me, it goes back to that. That benefits the developer, not the gamer. Um, personally, True. like we all we all love Nintendo. We all love Zelda. I would love to see how Breath of the Wild would run on my PS5, but I will never be able to see that uh, for for, you know, the way things are set up now. That is true. Yeah. But uh, I, not, not necessarily defending it. Just just I mean, that's why, though. Yeah. And that's why we're not likely to see that change anytime soon. But uh, I, I think what really actually what ticks me off is when, is when you take like an already established series or or a, a co company that makes multiple series like Bethesda and it's now like okay to play the next Fallout or uh, the next uh, Elder Scrolls game you're gonna have to play it only on Xbox sorry PlayStation gamers uh. like that's kind of a kick in the nuts I I, I totally get that um, maybe they won't though. Maybe they won't with the with their with their flagship series just because those are so popular. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, Skyrim even got onto the Nintendo Switch, so it's true. But yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll Go see where it goes. It's uh, it'll definitely be an, an interesting development as these companies kind of navigate uh, future developments. 
we we also got uh, a spinoff to Borderlands, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. That looks interesting. I'm a yeah. huge fan of the Borderlands franchise. Um, I, I mean, I, I I would like to have played a little bit more of the games, but I've played a little bit of each one, and um, I, I was excited about that. I think they even showed some stuff in regards to the new movie coming out, which I'm excited about. It looks like it has an awesome cast so far. Nice. That's that that kicks ass. I um the Borderlands has been like another blind spot for me gaming wise, and it's a, a series that I know I should check out more of. Uh, but that's cool that it's getting more support. It's getting that spinoff. And um, I'm sure there are tons of people out there who love that series who will be super excited for this. Absolutely. I me mean, being got, one of those people. And with the movie coming out, I mean, we're going to bring in a lot of people because I mean, we've got Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black, and <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. So <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is that is an excellent cast. Uh, I, I particularly enjoy the Borderlands franchise because a lot of the uh, pop culture references. And uh, they even worked with Telltale and made a game together called Tales from the Borderlands, which was actually really fun. I enjoyed oh, cool. that. It was very fun, yes. Yeah. Um, let me think what else. I think uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is getting a new expansion that came day one with Ubisoft. Um, anything else that y'all y'all were particularly that took your uh, took your fancy? No, sir. Not really. No. Okay. Yeah, I, they announced a lot of stuff. I mean, we we got a lot of new games, and if we don't cover a game that um, isn't uh, that a lot of people are looking forward to, uh, that doesn't mean we're not interested and we'll be playing it death stranding director's cut uh, yeah i remember that actually yeah um i i, actually... I heard uh, on another video game podcast it's funny how uh that um that game was made you know like basically that game on its own should have been the director's cut and so with the amount of creative freedom that the development team had so the fact that they're now making a director's cut to a game that in theory they had total freedom to make the way they wanted uh is is kind of funny <laughs> i think it's kind of just like an in, in name only kind of thing i think it comes from kojima's background as a cinephile and so mm -hmm. i think you know basically this is the version of the game that's coming to to ps5 so it's coming along with some enhancements and some new features and maybe throwing in some of the things that uh development time hindered them from doing or maybe just new ideas after player feedback i mean it's it's been it's been a little while it was came out was it last year or the year before i think it was a 2019 release so. um I picked it up last Black Friday. It went on sale for like 20 bucks, so I got it on PS4. Um, have not played it yet, but I intend to. And I've heard so many mixed reviews about it. I'm so excited because I'm going into <laughs> it. Uh, I'm viewing it as a walking simulator, and like that's my only expectation for what this game is going to be. So I'm excited to just see like how weird and bizarre it gets. People either <laughs> love it or hate it. It's a, it, like you said, yeah. it's such a... It's such a uh, What's the word? Polarized game, but mm -hmm. I love it. I thought it was so interesting. Kojima's just a fucking weirdo, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and he let himself go on full blast. I mean, this is Kojima's first work post Konami, so that's very interesting to see. And and I I I actually enjoyed I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I can imagine someone not liking Death Stranding. So I I, I totally understand if it's not your cup of tea. I, I kind of see it the same way as like Red Dead Redemption too. I mean, I think that's a game that's also not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and yet you mm -hmm. hear nothing but positive reviews for it. So, but yeah, definitely a fair point. 
I thought about purchasing it at one point, but I stared at it in GameStop for like ten minutes, <laughs> and I was just like, eh. Mm. I couldn't. I couldn't really see myself finishing it, so I didn't want to buy it. We talked about it uh, back in season two, I think, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. Actually, Dakota and I. Uh, Dakota was was like really excited about this game, and he played through the whole thing like extremely quickly. So, go check out that episode if you haven't listened to it. I guess we can go ahead and talk about what we're all we're all dying to talk about now. Yep. <laughs> so you already know Nintendo. Um, first of all, Metroid Dread is quite possibly the best thing that came out of this E3 conference. Yeah, it was certainly the most unexpected. I did not think we were going to get any Metroid anything. So the fact that we got an entire new game that had not been previously announced uh, or, or teased really uh, was a, a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did not expect to see. Well, I wanted to. I remember I messaged you about it and you were like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. But um, mm -hmm. is Zachary still there? Yes, I am. Hello. Uh, OK, just double checking. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's being built as Metroid 5. It's the first new 2D Metroid game in 19 years. It is the official sequel to Fusion, which is cool because we just talked about Fusion and we were just talking about the sequel, right? <laughs> yes, we were. Ash, you and I have been having this these off sidebar Metroid conversations for the past few <laughs> months, dude, and it's finally happening. We're finally getting a new Metroid title, and I'll be damned if that is not the best Metroid trailer or presentation for a spooky Nintendo game I have ever seen. Because they yeah. are—it's literally called Metroid Dread. Mm. Did it's you guys watch the Nintendo Treehouse play of it? Yes. I watched all of it. It was phenomenal. It, it looks so good. So good. It's very similar to Samus Returns, which I recently finally beat. Um, but um, logically extending that game and, and just bringing it over to the Switch, improved graphics, improved mechanics, um, and some completely new things to the series. I mean, post-fusion, that suit looks so sweet. I love what they've done with the melee counters, with like the dash counter and, and Samus being able to duck under things. I thought it was interesting that in a, that entire Treehouse playthrough, she never used the Morph Ball, indicating that oh, yeah. maybe you don't get that till quite a bit later in the game, mm -hmm. uh, which would be a huge departure since that's usually one of the first, if not the first item that you get, if it's not an item that you have from the beginning. Yeah, this uh, this was really fortuitous timing. I just um, beat Metroid Prime 3 for the first time like two nights ago, literally two nights ago from recording this. Um, and so that that finishes me with the Metroid Prime trilogy, which I've been slowly like pegging away at over the past few years. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick Dread up. I... I'm nervous about buying it and then not finishing it because that's what happened to me with Samus Returns. Uh, but I do want to go back and and revisit Samus Returns. And I, I have intentions of eventually doing like Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion. Um, for me, Metroid is one of the most like mentally demanding games for some reason. Yes, uh, that's and true. maybe it's just all of the pickups and all of the, the backtracking and trying to keep the map straight in your head. Uh, it's, it's exhaustive. Um, you know, Zelda or Splatoon or Donkey Kong, like I can play any of those games pretty much nonstop for days at a time. Metroid needs to be very short bursts of like, I'm focused and this is what I'm doing. And then I need to, to turn my brain off and do something else for a little bit. 
Metroid does sometimes like throw in your room with little to no hints on on what you need to do. Like sometimes there's just like a hidden mm-hmm. switch in the floor. Uh, even Metroid Fusion, which is the most linear game and the one that it is you know kind of holds your hand the most out of any game still has those moments where you have no clue on what what to do so i get that but i've always said if you like zelda you're likely to like metroid i can gladly say metroid is like my favorite video game series of all time it's right behind (laughs) zelda for me um it's like space zelda and maybe the only thing that holds it back are the lack of games honestly so Mm. Returning back to its core and doing uh, another 2D Metroid is exactly the direction I think they need to go in, especially because, I mean, we're still developing Prime 4. I don't think we got really any news about Prime 4, did we? No, we didn't. No, not at all. Didn't they say it's in development, though? It is in development, yeah. They did, so it's not canceled (laughs) is basically (laughs) what that said but yeah they because they restarted from the beginning in january 2019 was when that was announced so it's yeah. really only been in development two and a half years um and they scrapped I it at don't, one point yeah i i personally i don't expect that game at the earliest uh holiday 2022 but 2023 is looking more likely at this point yeah that i'm i'm not even thinking i don't even think we'll get breath of the wild too until next holiday season well if nintendo's not going to do two big releases in one year though not like zelda or metroid i mean come on this is the first metroid game and or first 2d metroid game of new content in what 19 years you said yeah 19 years yeah um yeah I, I was very impressed by it, and it's coming in October. So, really quick release date. I, I'm glad that uh, that that's coming as soon as it is. Basically, Nintendo a lot of times likes to wait until they actually have something to show, and a lot of times that's right before they release it. They they really like to wait until the end, until it, it's just about ready to be released before they really show anything. Um, Breath of the Wild 2 has gotten that treatment, and, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up, because we now do have a release window of 2022. No title yet, but evidently there is a title. They're just choosing purposely mm. not to not announce it, to not give away parts of the story, but um, looks like there's quite a bit of... of uh, Quite a bit of it is, is already developed, which makes sense because I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to reuse a lot of the assets from Breath of the Wild. There's no reason not to. Um, and honestly, that was that was the second best thing for me, was just that Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. Uh, seeing that right there at the end was perfect, and it, it was kind of their, their redemption with that Game & Watch bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I already pre-ordered it, and I'm considering canceling it, but... I pre-ordered it because I thought okay. it, I thought it would look cool on my desk, but I'm slowly going back on that decision because I, I don't think I really need it. Yeah, I mean, if that's your thing and you like the Game & Watch thing, you like the alarm clock, that's fine. I just think it was kind of a slap in the face because a lot of us were expecting to see a new Zelda mm. game for the 35th anniversary. Yes, we're getting Skyward Sword HD, and I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad that we're getting Breath of the Wild 2 possibly next year, but... You know, we were wanting a little bit more. Why not bring one of the already uh, developed Zelda games uh, over to Switch, you know, do a Link's Awakening style remake of the Oracle games or port over Twilight Princess HD or Wind Waker HD. That would have been amazing to hear that. Take one of the Zelda games that you can't currently play on Switch and bring it over to Switch in some form or fashion. And that's all that we're looking for. Just at least one or two more examples of that. But... 
Still excited about Skyward Sword HD and uh, excited about Breath of the Wild 2 next year. I, I don't know why they decided to pick the three Zelda games that have been ported more than any other Zelda game. Yeah. <laughs> Including the one they recently just remade. And they're, and they're forcing you to buy this like separate thing to like buy it, which is going to get bought by scalpers, scalpers immediately. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Why wouldn't it? But um, but I mean it's cool. But I I just kind of disappointed because they 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 said something along the lines like we're not developing any other Zelda games for the Switch, which kind of shuts down anything. I mean unless they're lying or unless they're being very deliberate with their wording and hinting at something else. I that seems that seems very final though. There are I mean, well, and I so the thing that I had commented on the Collateral Gaming Facebook post about that. Um, I feel, I mean, I'm just being hopeful at this point, but they said there's, you know, no campaigns. There's no plan to make like more switch games that doesn't rule out them adding like Nintendo 64 to Nintendo switch online and True. making, um, Ocarina of time and Majora's mask available. There are other like online options that they could have that what was said by, uh, by a Numa during the Nintendo direct does not directly rule that out. However, I've been a Nintendo fan for 30 years now and just based historically on what I've seen them do, I don't think we're going to get anything resembling um, a Zelda collection uh, for a while. I mean, E3 was really the point where they could have at least not announced it, but at least say we'll have more Zelda news later this summer. And they didn't do that, but I'm not going to rule out them in like August announcing a, a Zelda direct, like a 20 minute Zelda direct and, uh, and showing off some more stuff there, but only time will tell if they're going to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just something else would be cool. But, um, hearing that we're, we're going to be getting the sequel to the breath of the wild next year. And they actually are aiming for that is good news though. So maybe that's why there's not anything else. If they, is if they've got their hands full and we're getting yeah. Metroid finally. So, you know, you really can't True. complain. Um, I, I wanted to address that disappointment, but in no way do I think that Nintendo didn't uh, have a fine presentation. That was really the only disappointment, and they had plenty to redeem themselves with. Absolutely. And that's what was funny, because I, I went in kind of with low expectations. I did not think we were going to get any Metroid and any Zelda and we got both of those, but then the things like my lowered expectations of what I did think we might get include like Splatoon 3 and Bayonetta 3, uh, and we got none of that. <laughs> so no updates for that. Um, I ruled out any any idea of like a Switch Pro a long time ago, even before Nintendo put out that we're just going to focus on software. Um, at this time being, I don't think it's something that's in development personally, despite all the leaks. Um, I'm sure we're going to get something down the road, but I do not expect anything this year or even next year at this point, given everything that's going on. Leaks, you know, in quotes. <laughs> Rumors more like it. Uh, and, mm. you know, this would have been the perfect time to do it with the release of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S. And so since they're not doing it right now and not announcing it right now, it may not be that those cards are even on the table. And I'm fine with that. Uh, I have a Switch already. I have a Switch Lite. I, I am was going to hold out on getting, like, a full Switch because I do want one to be able to play on the TV until, like, if, if they were going to do a Switch Pro. So... Mm. It would be cool if Nintendo said something kind of definitive about that, I guess. But um, you said that they announced that they were they were going to be focusing on software. 
Yeah, well, for the E3 presentation specifically, when they scheduled the direct, the uh, the press release with it basically said it's going to be about 40 minutes and it's going to be on Nintendo Switch software specifically. Okay. So that ruled out any hardware update during E3 anyways. Um, not to say that we won't get something later this year potentially, but looking at the past decade and a half, Nintendo tends to lag just technologically behind the other competitors five to six years in terms of power. So given that uh, that like Sony um, and Microsoft released their first like real 4K capable uh, consoles, really, in my opinion, in 2020, if you want to go back a little bit to like the PS4 Pro um, 2017, maybe 2018 when those came out, um, Nintendo is still several years away from being able to to match what those uh, what those consoles can do. That's true. That's very true. Um, but with the Switch Pro, I mean, that was really going to be more of a um, half announcement. I mean, that was going to be very much like the PS4 Pro or Xbox mm-hmm. One X or S. So um, hopefully maybe soon we might hear something about that. If not, it's no skin off my back. I'm not like it's not like a, a make it or break it thing. Uh, Nintendo can honestly keep doing what they've been doing and be fine. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, too, that they are, I mean, they're a business, they're a company. They want to drive sales and they want to uh, have good quarterly earnings. The Switch is doing amazingly right now. Like, why would you cannibalize a console that is selling so well by investing, you know, R&D funds into uh, another console that may or may not sell as well? I think they're going to ride this uh, Switch tidal wave for as long as they can and keep supporting it with software. Um, which, like you said, Ashley, like, I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. Um, I love my Switch. There's so many great both first-party games and a lot of really great indie games on there that make it just a really well-valued console that I enjoy. Um, I know we hit two of the, uh, you know, the biggest announcements from the, the Nintendo Direct. Was there anything else uh, that Nintendo announced um, that really stuck out to you guys? Like any any of the indie games, maybe, or anything that uh, that got you excited? Uh, Mario Party Superstars looks pretty cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've played a lot of the Mario Party games, and so uh, seems to be kind of more of a uh, a collection of some of the the stuff from from the previous games. I think, right? But not not a mini game collection. Like they're actually taking boards and stuff. Um, yeah, I wish they. Um, I kind of wanted them to just like port a bunch of the old Mario Party games and just have them available, but. Having the boards in the mini games is is pretty cool, and it's been a while since I've just like played Mario Party with friends. So that's something that I would love to do. Yeah, uh, WarioWare, come uh, the return of WarioWare. Mm-hmm. I never really played those games, but I I know of them. So seeing that come to Switch is cool, and it is going to be co op. That's exciting. Um. Oh, another non Nintendo game I totally forgot about, and I can't believe I did because this actually super excited me. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, from Square Enix, who did the Avengers game, which I actually liked. <laughs> I'm playing through Avengers right now, and I, I agree. I mean, I, I like it. Um, I, I think it's a pretty well done. Um, Gardens of the Galaxy, so small disclaimer on this one. It is currently looks to be like it's going to be available as a cloud service game. Um, so you will be streaming it and not purchasing it directly for your Switch. Uh, but no, that, that game looks... Cool. I mean, I'm I'm interested in checking that out. The biggest highlight for Guardians of the Galaxy for me was the writing and the dialogue. Like it was so well represented for those characters. Yeah. And that's something 
that you need because like if star lord doesn't sound like star lord and isn't giving you star lord dialogue uh the game is not gonna work well at all and this is definitely the strong point from what we've seen so far i mean let's face it if he's not like the chris pratt version um, <laughs> at least even remotely um and and i thought that the avengers game did a good job of of their characters being definitely heavily inspired by the mcu but being their own versions of the character and that looks to be the direction they're going with the guardians of the galaxy as well the designs are definitely reminiscent of the marvel cinematic universe but it's its own thing and i like that um i i thought that all the characters kind of did seem to to resemble their movie counterparts um and i i i think i i'm gonna i think I'm going to enjoy that game. I mean, if it turns out to be good, hopefully it is. Um, I believe it's actually single player, right? Looks to be. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, that was, that was a pretty cool uh, announcement. Um, and, and kind of ballsy on their part because Square Enix actually really got uh, derided for, for the Avengers game. And, and I don't know why. I thought it was fine. I mean, it's not like a masterpiece or anything, but it's a good superhero game. And none of the heroes actually look like the actors. They they created their own designs to it and everything. It, I mean, yeah, they, re they resemble them in a way. But I mean, the, the actors that we know today basically set the tone for the legacy that Stan Lee left behind. So I... I I don't like that decision. I thought the Avengers game was great. Sorry, I haven't chimed in in a while. I've just kind of been mesmerized by the conversation that was happening. I was just kind of watching <laughs> you guys talk for a second. Uh, and then I realized, I was like, oh, I'm on this too. Sweet. You flatter us. <laughs> I'll flatten you. Uh, just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Step on me like your tall vampire wife. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Dude, don't even get me going. Uh, man, Zach, I know you're, I mean, we're all huge Nintendo fans, obviously, but, um, apart from, you know, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, were there other like highlights for you that really stuck out here? Or were, like, was Zelda the big one that you were really excited for? Honestly? Okay. I'm going to be dead honest here. Ash knows how much I love Breath of the Wild. And at this point you probably do too, but actually I knew that there was going to be something involving Breath of the Wild. I had no idea that Dread was coming. So Honestly, Dread is the biggest event of E3 for the past five years for me. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. Well, wow. no, 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 no. Three years. Sorry. When Breath of the Wild came out, I lost my mind. When that <laughs> when, the, when March twenty or when March third, twenty seventeen came up on the screen in uh, Hylian letters or yeah. Legend of Zelda letters, I freaked yeah. out and lost my mind. But Metroid Dread was the the penultimate. For me and the ultimate will be when i get to play it so <laughs> so that's the only thing i really cared about aside from battlefield and i mean yeah breath of the wild 2 it's going to be a masterpiece it looks amazing it looks mm. like it's going to trump breath of the wild 1 and that's one of the greatest games ever but we haven't had a new 2d metroid in 19 years and fusion was the first game i ever the first game boy game and metroid game i ever played and now 19 years or yeah like 19 years later i'm no no no, no. what is it 20 21 years later because zero mission still counts as a fresh 2d game right no i think so no it i'm counts, not sure no it, it counts as a remake because they also didn't count samus returns yeah okay so yeah 19 years yeah. since fusion and i or yeah and it's just incredible to think about it. You know, at, 
I start. I'm twenty. I'm twenty four at this point. I had to think about my age. <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah, and and it, it looks... is. It's yeah. weird to think when just the history of these games, like Zelda and Mario and, and Metroid, for that matter, have been coming out since since before I was born. Yes. Uh, and these <laughs> these legacies, it's like I love them so much, but they predate me um, at this point. And it's so funny how they're still hitting their stride and and releasing these incredible games. Absolutely. They're still incredible. They haven't tired out the franchise because they managed to make each title feel different. Well, um, that, and they're not releasing a game every other year. I mean, yeah. the part of the reason the magic is so intense with Zelda and with Metroid is because these games come out every four or five years. It's a grand slam from mm. a company that knows that it's going to sell big because they're beautifully created titles. And who cares if their software isn't up to date with Microsoft and Sony and people that create parts for PCs? I mean, think about it. They make a quality game whenever they, they come they, Oh, yeah. But it feels like games. Games nowadays are coming out to feel more associated with, like, real life, I feel, mm -hmm. as though they're not as imaginative. They're not as deep. And I know I'll, most games aren't, a, aren't equivalent to real life. I'm just saying they're more realistic than um, what some of the older titles, the stuff that got us hooked on video games is. Because when Nintendo creates a game, they're not focused on multiplayer. They're not, fo unless it's Mario Kart. They're not folk or Super Smash Bros. They're focused on a genuine in-depth game experience. And you take time and effort and teamwork to create something like that. Because Breath of the Wild, man, that game is massive. And that game took, yeah. what, six years to develop? Some, yeah, something Just like that. About. It, it got delayed a couple times, too. Um, it did. That was going to be a 2015 release yes. initially. And that's my, so you, you guys mentioned earlier how you like Nintendo kind of getting close to the finish line and then announcing a game and then having it be available like Metroid Dread. Um, I want them, my dream, they would never do this for a number of reasons, but I wanted them with Breath of the Wild, the sequel, to show like a trailer and then be like, and it's available right now on Nintendo eShop. Dude, if <laughs> I would have, a, I would have had a heart attack. I would have called my boss and I would have said, "Dude, you've got to get. I, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. You got to let Surprise! me go home." Surprise! Um, right. They do get to kind of get a chance to do that somewhat with uh, some of the some of the spinoffs. Um, I al almost forgot to mention the Age of Calamity. I mean, they did announce a while back with that uh, Nintendo Direct that came out, that was a few months ago that uh, they were going to do the the DLC, and I, I almost lost my mind because Age of Calamity was fantastic. Um, I uh, was 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 uh, it was good to find out exactly what was going to be coming in that DLC expansion, which was funny because it was coming out in like a few days and we still had no details on specifically what it was going to entail, but uh, a new weapon for, for Link. Uh, Zelda, oddly, is the one getting the Master Cycle Zero, but whatever, I'm cool with it. Uh, <laughs> and then the new Guardian character. So that's fun. Um, and, and we're getting another DLC expansion in November, I think. So you can actually play that now. I, I haven't played it yet because I've been working, but I would like to pull out my Switch and, and check out that new DLC because I loved Age of Calamity. And, and Zach, you mentioned Smash. Uh, speaking of Super Smash Brothers, we, we did actually get a new character announced, of course. Uh, they're still adding more. I believe this is the penultimate character uh, reveal that we're getting for Smash. So I think there's just one more after this, but we finally got a collaboration yeah. with the Tekken franchise, which I'm not as familiar with, but uh, they added Kazuya 
uh, showing him dump Ganondorf and Captain Falcon and a few other Smash Brothers very darkly into a, a, a volcano. <laughs> well, to be honest, I didn't pay attention to the Smash release. I'm glad they're still adding on to that game, but I think my Smash days are over. I, I haven't played Smash Brothers in a very long time, and I have no interest to play it at any point. And I apologize if that offends anybody, but... Thought I knew you, uh, man. His smash wow. days are over. <laughs> <laughs> also, we've talked like once, so. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, after after we finish recording this, we can I can give you my stuff. We can start communicating more. That way, we can like do more stuff. Because I would love I would love to create more content, just in general, both for this channel and both for your creative purposes, Dan. Just I want to experience making content with friends. I haven't really Ash and I have been doing this for almost half a year now. No, longer than that. It's been it's been eight months, dude. Yeah, uh, we, roughly. We, yeah, we started at the end of last season. Started working together, um, and we've got uh, we're approaching the end of this season now. But but before we reveal uh, what's coming up soon with Collateral Gaming, uh, any final thoughts about E three twenty twenty one overall? What did you guys think? I thought it was a. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say, I thought it was both um, really exciting and, and disappointing at the same time, uh, which a lot of, um, you know, that that's pretty much on par for E3. I am a little nervous uh, what it's going to look like moving forward, because I think so many companies have seen that they can do Nintendo Directs and State of Plays and their own presentations anytime they want without being tied to an E3. Um, that being said, I've never been to the show floor and it's my dream and I want them to be in person next year so I can hopefully go and hopefully uh, do some coverage for, um, you know, some of the uh, the sites that I've been working for. So that's the dream and I'm putting it out there. So please, uh, E3, go at least one more year so I can go and experience it and see like the Nintendo booth in person because it's always really like uh, intricate and well done. Um, so this year with it being digital was a different experience, but I like that we got, uh, some cool stuff to really look forward to. And we got some release dates. I mean, Metroid Dread this October, I can't wait to, uh, to get that game and just like Halloween time, just like get up under a blanket and like play that game <laughs> and, uh, just, you know, be really spooked and creeped out. And I've been thinking that horror is the perfect genre for Metroid for a while now. Uh, and so this is going to be cool. And I'm hoping Metroid Prime 4 will take some of the same beats of it being like a spookier, like scarier type of game. If you like the horror aspect, I definitely recommend playing Fusion. And then listen to our episode on it. Um, yes, we went into <laughs> deep, dark detail. It was wonderful. Fusion actually is one of the games that has uh, some of the best horror atmosphere. And then actually, its linear nature is actually what makes that game kind of tick. Um, and then we definitely have a lot to say about that in our episode. I'd also recommend it because this is going to be the sequel to Fusion. So you should probably play Metroid Fusion mm. first, finish Samus Returns before this October. Man, that's so much. <laughs> well, I'll do my do best. It. You can play through Fusion in like three days. Seriously, it's it's not long. Cool. But um, I did. I, I in fact I played it like three times over before we did our episode on it. So, nice. <laughs> um, any final thoughts for you, Zach? I'm all good, man. We kind of hit all the bases. I'm I'm really looking forward to Dread. I can't wait for Skyward Sword HD to come out next month. Yes. Very, very close among us, and it's beautiful. I I used to be like, damn, that's like four or five months away. Now it's 
one. So <laughs> it's kind of nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming out next month, and we're going to be talking about that, by the way. Uh, just putting that out there, we're going to be doing a game launch episode on Skyward Sword HD. Um, also, next week, we'll be releasing our episode uh, part two on Dead Space, and we're actually going to be talking about Dead Space 2. That was kind of a last-minute decision, but I decided since we're doing a two-part episode, let's just group them together and let's talk about both games. And I have almost finished it, so I'm excited to talk about it. I think it's an improvement over the original in almost every way, and I had a lot of fun with the original, so that's saying something. After that, uh, we're going to be getting into our first bad game review of the season. Uh, we're going to be talking about Sonic 06. <laughs> yeah, bro. Nice. Yeah, Sonic 06. And then uh, when when we get uh, Skyward Sword HD, we're going to be talking about that. And we are approaching our season finale very soon. Um, Want to sort of get wrapped up by September, hopefully. And, you know, take a month off or, or so. And... Uh, then we're coming back in full force in in October. So and and we're already talking about what's going to be happening with season four. It is going to be. It, I'm excited. I'm just. I'm going to tell you. I don't want to tell you guys anything more yet. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave us feedback on your platform of choice. You can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, etc. If you love Collateral Gaming and you also love movies, check out Collateral Cinema, our sister podcast. Um, we are going to be talking about Star Trek Beyond. And, and by the time this is out, um, very soon I think we should have our episode out on Hooper, uh, which we just recorded the other day. So... That's going to be fun. Also, uh, very soon, uh, we're going to be coming out with some more patron content. I'm really excited to uh, bring that up. And in addition to that being, uh, to patron content being on our on our Patreon and on YouTube, I, I would like to extend that out to the Apple Podcast Premium subscriptions, if I can find a way to do that, since it's, because, uh, it, I mean, our, our Let's Plays don't really work as audio only, but I don't know. We'll see. Um but yeah, guys, thanks for listening. It was uh, a funny three. I had a blast. Um, there were definitely ups and downs, and I think everything just about intrigued me in some way or another. Couldn't agree more, brother. Same here. Absolutely. Hell yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for being on, Dan. Uh, it was great having you again, and, and can't wait to have you on another episode. Um, maybe Skyward Sword HD? Yeah, I would love that. That comes out, incidentally, the weekend of my bachelor party. So I'm going to pick it up <laughs> in the morning that weekend and try not to ignore my friends to just play it all weekend. But I will have it. Um, so I'm excited for that. And thanks for having me on again. This is one of my favorite things to do. I am yeah. so lucky to be able to, uh, to just talk about video games with cool people. Like, that's, like, the best thing. Uh, and it's something that I was looking forward to all week when uh, we talked about doing the E3 episode. So thank you again, and I'm, I'm always happy to come back uh, anytime. Dude, it's always a blast having you. It's, it's nice to talk to people about video games, but it's nice to talk to really nice people, encouraging people, people that not only have a fair knowledge of what we're discussing, but are also respectful enough to just have a wonderful conversation without anything like getting in the middle of it and that's that's hard to find nowadays a lot of people get offended really easily and i mean we like to crack jokes we like to have fun 
but it's it's nice to sit and just relax with cool dudes and chat about pretty awesome stuff that's coming up in the next year. We're definitely going to have to have you on again very soon, like the next time we do this. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Amazing. That sounds great. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> and, and I think E3, E3, E3 episodes is probably going to be a mainstay. I wanted to do it last season, and we just kind of missed our opportunity to. Um, but or actually, no, there wasn't an E3. It was the season before that. <laughs> um, yeah, so super fun. Uh, not really much else to say, guys. But I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Zachary Gio. We are. And I'm Dan Rockwood. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> stepped on you there. No, no, I I stepped over you. Let's just do that over again. Uh, that being said, I'm Smashley Pantsler. I'm Jackery Brio. And I'm Rand I... Rockwood? Rand Rand Rockwood? Rand Rockwood. Rand Rockwood? Raggy? God, name makes my name sound even more like a video game name than it already is. Okay, guys. Well, much love to all of you guys. We appreciate you have uh come in and listen to us ramble on. So yeah. We are Collateral Gaming, and we are out. Out! Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.